Hello everyone and welcome back to Hope Reclaimed. I am your host, Ellie Hope Herringshaw, and I'm really glad you're here today. We are in the middle of a series right now on dating after divorce. And today we are continuing that series and I am talking with my dad about the process of how we know we're ready to dive into the dating scene after divorce. It's a big conversation. There is no easy answer to this, but we do address that and we address sort of the the practicalities of this complex issue. Enjoy this episode and I hope that you get something out of it. Hi dad, how's it going? It is going very well. I'm sitting here with Mark Herringshaw, the Mark Herringshaw, and we are talking about dating again. Crazy that I'm talking about dating with my dad, but... Well, I still date my wife, so... How long have you been married, dad? We have been married since 1983. That's amazing. Coming upon... Yeah, we've passed our anniversary. June the 4th is our anniversary. Congratulations on remembering that. So, oh, yeah. I better remember. Yeah. <laughs> it's been this many years. Yeah. And we, and we, yeah, we, we, not just always on special occasions, but sometimes just, you know, on the spur of the moment or sometimes more planned out, we still try to go do special times together and yeah. date. And we have some traditions that we follow, extended, some extended times where we date and kind of do a four day. Uh, retreat every year where we get away to the, you usually plan to your a, life. yeah we good went to some ice cold cabin somewhere in January and, yeah and um, all those things fall into the category of special you, times together. You guys love dreaming. You love yeah we are future oriented dreaming people. and talking about new possibilities and change and yeah, yeah. drives you I guys gr- crazy. Well, I mean, I grew up in that in with that most of the time and so sometimes you guys are like oh we're gonna move and I'm like hmm yeah right <laughs> um I'm like well I'll believe it when I see the for sale sign but then also who knows even who then knows? <laughs> but yes we are talking about dating again um, on this episode and specifically dating after divorce and how do we know we're ready hmm which is assuming even in asking that question that there are stages of development yes in yeah the post-divorce life mm-hmm. which is a big part of what you're doing with reclaiming is well, you are recognizing that yes and there's a time to date and a time to abstain from dating as yeah. Ecclesiastes I was gonna say. say that's probably an Ecclesiastes <laughs> Nope, it's not. <laughs> it does say Wait. there's a time to embrace and a time to abstain from from embracing. So it's sort of that. So it's basically the same thing. <laughs> um, but you've never been divorced, but you did share a story um, several several weeks ago about yep. your experience of a broken engagement. Yes, and of course we talked about engagements being a commitment to make a commitment. It's a different level, but it's for sure. still it was still a very serious life shift yeah and really disillusioning and very confusing on the back end of it Mm. it was it was good and it needed to happen yeah but that didn't mean it shook my world it shook my perspective of myself yeah of what I thought I knew about myself and what I really believed it it sent me back much deeper into my relationship with God yeah because it was actually a shaky time in my spiritual journey that really opened up yeah. to that unhealthy relationship. Right. I was really questioning some things about God and, and, um, and that, that yeah, was plan. a, yeah, that, that was a, that was a painful time, but there was a time when I needed to be, I needed to fast from relationships. 
after that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you needed to figure out what do I want? Who am I? Yeah. Who is God? Well, and, and actually things. to sort out what happened and how did this get, how did this get screwed up so that I wasn't going to have that happen again? And right. I, I really did. I had some, some people who really, um, zeroed me toward my relationship with God. And this a couple of the same people that challenged me on that relationship. Yeah. And we talked about that at that in that podcast, but yeah, and I and in my my experience, I think I had entertained the idea of some relationships and and been a part of some relationships too early before I was before mm. I was ready. Which is as you mentioned before and in, in one of the prior podcasts, that sense of rebound mm-hmm. is really natural emotionally. But and not healthy. It's not healthy. It's but not it's very, healthy. But, and especially if it's and what I what I see very often is how that is, how that shows itself with people um, just getting involved sexually too fast, mm. getting just hopping back into bed with somebody. Yeah, and that's really dangerous. It just is, and it's not okay. And even emotionally, I mean, it's, emotionally, it, when, yes, when it, it's very it, dangerous. When it goes emotionally, to, when it goes physically, of course it is, but even emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so, what I think what we want to approach today is the question of. Well, when is it? When are we a ready? A good time yeah. to and and we we have affirmed that the desire for most people who have the mm-hmm. desire to be to be remarried and we've done a theological analysis yeah. of this too. So, maybe <laughs> you've got that question, is it okay? Um, there's caveats to that. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And the, the the biblical texts are really clear about yep. that, but they're not really clear always on how they're interpreted. Yeah. So, um, you got to walk into that, walk into it with others and with community and with Mm -hmm. your, with your own spiritual, um, mentors who can help you understand how you're going to interpret what's there in the scriptures about that. But there are, there is room and there's grace for a new life and even a new covenant. And so uh, the real question is, how do you know if now is okay? Because everything, when 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 your life is torn upside down and you don't know what you think about anything, you don't know what your worldview is anymore. Your life is completely ripped out from underneath you. How do you know what, when it's the right time to date or not? Because everything is upside down. And how I would love to talk about this is you you were sharing kind of what a lot of the twenties are for some people the yeah. the age of the twenties of figuring things out and mm-hmm. who you are and who other people are and who God is. And I think that that's really fundamental to this because when there is a life shattering moment, a lot of people go back to that. They go back and, and, and things are unearthed. Life is crazy. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about those kind of those three fundamental things. Yeah, there's, um, and this is all coming out of, of what's called life stage theory in human development. So it's basically, um, the understanding that at different seasons of our lives, we're yeah. solving different riddles and we're, we're working on these projects. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm 59. I'll be 60 years old in January. And so in my fifties, I've been, I've been at a certain life stage and I've been working on mm-hmm. certain inner projects yeah. And there's, it's really clear in all of the, the people that look at this and watch it that between your the latter couple years in your fifties and turning over into sixty, lots of stuff changes. Hmm. The shift is really from 
um, what we have done already in the past now to scaling that and multiplying and passing it on to the next generation. There's Let's been a lot. You become a grandpa. Well, you actually do. Yes. <laughs> and it's, and, and that's in all kinds of things, including your work. Yeah. And not, not just, yeah, not just in the, the, the real way. Right. The, the, the research the is way. that, that creativity is not the same hmm. once you hit 60, that, that very few artists or writers or people that, that work in the realm of, of like ideas uh, inventions. Very hmm. few new things are completely, totally invented hmm, after sixty. And I, I got actually made made it that way. So we turn toward the leveraging and the multiplication of what we've already accomplished. Well, each of the decades, forties, thirties, back into the twenties, have their own projects. Yeah. You get to sixties, and it's a your sixties. It's about it's multiplying and passing your legacy onto others. In your twenties, which is what you were getting to. Yeah. The, the main project is establishing your life. Hmm. And, and, you know, prior to that in your teens, it's really, um, you're, you're learning to know yourself and, and learning yeah. some things that you're growing into, I mean, literally brain development and everything. But in your twenties, it's really three primary questions. Okay. Um, what are you going to believe about life? What's your worldview? What are you yeah. going to commit to? Secondly, what is your contribution going to be? What are your gifts? What are your desires? Hmm. Yeah. Often, oftentimes that look that looks like what career path are you going to follow? Yeah. You you often it's will change your career, but the careers usually have some linkage one to the yeah. other. Even if they're you're moving into a completely new sector, there's common things you've established in your twenties. Right. The other is relational. Is who are you going to do your life with? And that's often your yeah. community of close friends that you're really going to commit to. Even more than that, we start looking often in our 20s. Not everybody lands that even in their mm -hmm. first commitment in their 20s, but the search is on for who am I going to covenant with? The search is on, yeah. And um, that's those three projects are always happening yeah. in, the, in our 20s. And we don't do them in the same order. Pe different right. people do them in different right. orders. Some people are focusing on, I got to figure my life out before I get a relationship. And others land on their relationship early and then yeah. figure out other things. Yes, right. yeah. What happens in divorce is even if you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s, the divorce matter. happens. Yeah. If it, it, What happens is it uproots that question of who am I going to do life with? Mm -hmm. And suddenly you thought you had that one answered. Yep. So even if you're in your 20s and that happens like it did with you, yeah. it throws you back into, oops, I can't call that box checked. Yep. And that's a crisis that feels like you're going backwards in your development. And actually you are in that yeah. real, really little sense. It also calls into question the other two, yes, which is, exactly. whoa, what do I believe about life? I thought I knew. Mm -hmm. And, and it starts even calling, what am I? am I good at? <laughs> what, what, what contribution can I ever make? So it actually, and not, not just contribution, but what's my value? Yes. Because when, when somebody doesn't choose us or when that, when oh, that covenant is absolutely. broken, that really that puts into question yes. so much of our yes. identity. Yes. It can if it's not firmly rooted in Jesus. So no matter what your biological age is, yep. going through a divorce actually throws you back into the very projects you were on in your 20s. So that's what's happening at the core of after a divorce. Mm -hmm. You then, you know, you're you're back to being post right post college. Which is why it feels so disorienting and often um 
like, what do I do next? What do I do next? And it, and, and it can feel like, you know, a little bit like shoots and ladders. Like I get oh, all the way yeah. up here and then. Phew. Remember that? There was that really big slide, right. like very close so to the So disheartening. End. And then you get on that thing and you're like, oh, no, this I'm would be so fun if it was a real slide. But I'm back at the start. Yeah. Anyway. But yes, it's it's there's so many things that are that that yes. that are questioned. Your yes. whole life is uprooted. Yep. And it really does make sense that a lot of people just want to say, "Okay, I just need to figure out who to do life with again." Yep. Because I don't know how to do life with without someone. Right. I have been I was promised to somebody I had right that connection with them um you know your like your life trajectory yep. is with someone else and so then when you're alone you feel completely disillusioned completely uprooted so what so the the wise approach and most counselors would i believe agree with this mm-hmm. that in that temptation to immediately check the box yes okay. i have somebody to do life with is probably in the midst of that not the right order. That actually the time here is to go back to the identity question yes. and go back to what do I believe about life and what do I believe about God? Do that's that first. first. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, that's an ongoing life journey, it is, right? It's yes. not like it's not like okay. You don't you don't land on it and right. like, "Oh, okay. I have everything yeah, I do out. I do a no. weekend retreat. I do a weekend prayer retreat. Okay, I've got that done." If only. Um, however, it is the project that, rec- that, that, that needs focus and attention mm-hmm. and time because it's, it's about self-awareness again, yeah. the work of actually looking down inside, like what has happened to me? How did this, how did I get here? What do I actually really think about God and about prayer and because all these questions of how could this have happened to me? Where was God in the midst Where of all? Where was God? Yeah. And those are Why all. Why did this happen? And, and you've you've addressed a lot of that. See, this is a, a lot of this is is it cycled really, out in does, yeah. the reclaimed process. Yes. So and reclaiming is identifying it is. a fearful and painful internal reaction to a place or thing and choosing to face it head on and create a new positive association. There's my definition. Thus. A short answer to the question of when can you know that you are beginning to be ready for Mm -hmm. another relationship is do some reclaiming. Yes. In regards to your past pain, and that can come through. Do not avoid. And when you begin to not have associated pain with places Mm -hmm. and experiences and thoughts and memories, you're on the path to healing. And do that independently of someone else. Yes. I do it with people. Yes. Reclaiming buddies. So just like super fast, if you're listening to this, maybe it's your first podcast you've listened to of mine. Like, that's awesome. Welcome. Join the family. Subscribe. But also <laughs> the essence of reclaiming is going, is taking an inventory, auditing our life to think, oh my gosh, what are the things that f- I feel like I'm avoiding I feel like I am avoiding places and things and music and people and then intentionally stepping back into those places to create a new association, to to stand and say, no, I, I can take that place back. Yep. I don't have to do that. I don't have to I don't have to live in avoidance. I don't have to live in fear. Yep. And that is the essence of what this ministry is all about is just stepping into those areas of pain, believing that we're doing it 
um, with the Holy Spirit and that healing will then pour out of that, right. out of a statement of faith, yeah. a, um, a real step of faith. So, so, that, so doing that, yes. do, going on a reclaiming journey before you get involved in a relationship. Yeah, because actually you, the last thing any of us want is to give away a broken heart to someone else. <laughs> right? So let Jesus yeah, heal absolutely. your heart and go on that journey of, I mean, quite literally every culture throughout time has, d- has defined the, the heartbreak mm-hmm. of broken romance as a heartbreak. And it feels literally like that because actually when they've looked at this, the effect on that pump in your body called the heart, there is an effect upon your heart going through a devastated, broken relationship. It It has an effect on that organ. And so... And everything else. Yes, it does. It hurts. Like literally, physically, it hurts. Like you cannot get out of bed. Yes. But there are ways for the grace of God to heal that. And what you're talking about through reclaiming, and again, uh, you know, the the, um, archives are filled with stories and examples of (laughs) how you do this. Mm -hmm. But um, that process is what targets the laser-focused grace of mm. God's healing yeah. upon that your your shattered your heart. heart. The, what what we, what actually happens in commitments with people and intimate commitments that are marriage or like a, even a serious breakup is pieces of our heart go with those yeah. relationships. Mm-hmm. And when that person is gone, a piece of our heart is there with them quite literally. And in the reclaiming process, you are reclaiming that piece, piece of, of yourself mm-hmm. and saying, Holy Spirit, go find that little piece of me that yeah. was in this restaurant or mm-hmm. uh, associated with that and, and, and regather the little shards and shattered pieces yeah. of me. Holy Spirit, go gather them, put them back yeah, and remeld it in because a stronger piece. He can. He wants to do that. Yeah. Heal your broken heart first yeah. before you try to give your heart away to somebody mm-hmm. else and make yeah. sure that they've done the same thing. Ooh, yes. Because because maybe maybe this person is your person. That's great. Maybe you find somebody and you have an amazing connection, but you're not ready and they're not ready. You can trust and believe that Absolutely. you can heal independently of them. Yes. And that the Lord will bring you guys back together. Right. right. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. There's, I think there's, and, and, and I, I mean, in a nutshell, how do we know we're ready? Uh, when actually the, the scars aren't, um, uh, the scars might still be there, Yeah. but it's not tender to the touch. Yeah. Yeah. And when the memory of what we've gone through is not causing a reaction back from us, right, right. then, uh, and then it's the, 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 the wound is actually grown stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a like a broken bone. Yes. When it really does heal, that that part of the bone can does actually get be, stronger. Can actually be stronger. And yeah, so in I guess in my experience of knowing I'm ready or not, I really started doing an inventory of my own um, my own emotional health, <laughs> my own mental health, and paying attention, talking to friends and family, um, I mean, you guys, you and mom, a lot, um, but then my therapist as well, and just doing lots of journaling too, um, figuring out 
paying attention to triggers to emotional things mm-hmm. in me when I was dating um, and when when I have been dating. And so I made a personal policy for myself of saying, these are the things that I'm willing to do. These are the things I'm not willing to do and actually putting them on paper. Hmm. These are the um, these are the the red flags that I'm looking for, not just in a relationship with a guy, but or not just in a person, like, but in you too. But right? in me, yeah. That if, that's good. If these red flags come up in me, if I'm feeling, you know, this, that, or the other way <laughs> in a relationship, if I'm feeling insecure, like I have to prove something, um, like I like I'm trying to get validation from that person, then I know that that's not healthy for me. And so if those things come up, I know this is not healthy. And so I can I need I can and I should take a step back, and and kind of reevaluate and see how things are going. But that takes a level of self awareness that did not come naturally for me. So, uh, so in addition, I did a lot of work. In addition to self awareness, I, I think that's really really good. Yeah. How about other others awareness? Did you <laughs> did you include other people to to be able to speak in to say, hey, you're ready, or maybe you're not ready did you did you, did you actually yeah. invite that kind of feedback i i mean i did i you talked did. i talked I mean, to that's people a loaded question. i talked to people about yeah. it um i mean i remember the kind of the first um it was the first setup that i was on um and i remember having a conversation with you guys i i was feeling um, this was right after my divorce was final. I was like, oh, I'm excited to be single. I felt like I was really in a good place um, emotionally. I felt like I was just excited to. Um, You'd been reclaiming yeah, along the way. Yeah. I was I was really I was kind of done with my reclaiming journey at that yeah. point, kind of. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I was I was just kind of excited not to have to tell somebody what I was doing with my life or something like that. I my divorce was final. I was single again. And, um, and I remember somebody reached out to me and said, Hey, I want to set you up. And I was like, was super scared right away. Cause I was like, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. And I remember having a conversation with you guys, like, how do I know if I'm ready? And I don't know if there was like a very clear answer because there isn't really a clear answer. We don't really know, but I think it's just going back to the Lord and always involving him always involving him in it and to to keep going back and say god is this right is this good for me because it turned out that that relationship for that time wasn't good and that's you know that that took some time to figure that out with him but then i was like no that's but not you good but you felt I it was okay this. you you felt you were ready to try i was ready to try yeah and, and that's good. And I did. Yep. And I did try. I think it, what's what's the scariest thing for me is like being willing to try and then that fear that maybe I won't be ready or maybe it won't work. And so it's I mean, it is the hope and disappointment thing again. Mm-hmm. It's I'm opening myself up for <laughs> a possible disappointment and a possible hurt and more rejection and more. And, and all of that, but it ultimately does need to come back to trusting and believing that God is going to take care of our, our broken heart if we do indeed have a new You know, I think heart. that's important what you're saying because the reality is you're always going to remember that you had a broken marriage. 
right? Absolutely. And so you can be healed and you can have reclaimed your life and you can be ready, but they're still, they're, those memories are still there. Mm-hmm. It's still a part of your real life. And so there can be a temptation of that coming back to sort of take over and you continually have to keep hmm, interesting you continually have to keep saying putting no putting that aside i put yeah. that aside and that's the really good thing about the reclaiming process is right. i've got a date and a place and a time wait a minute i dealt with this i dealt with this it's on the spreadsheet it's done <laughs> i and i would i wouldn't say that there is necessarily the temptation now that i have of kind of going back to a place of heartbreak because God has healed that. Yes, yes. But there's I, I, the fear that it would happen again. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I, 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 was, I didn't quite say that right. It's the, the fact that you went through that cannot be forgotten. No. And so it'll influence how you look at this. Because I'm redeemed. I'm reclaimed. I'm, yes. I'm healed. The old is gone. The new has come. Amen. It's salvation. Yeah. You, we do have to remember that process. Yeah. And... So renewing our mind and saying, God, you've saved me already. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You will be faithful moving forward too. And yeah, as cheesy as it sounds, people date Jesus, like actually take time and just be with him. Don't distract yourself with going and hanging out with random guys or talking to them online. Actually go hang out with Jesus because he's fun and his word is like, He's a real person and he wants to do fun things with you. And if you're afraid of doing that, I don't know. Maybe you're not ready. The, the, um, Jesus, maybe I'm too bold. Jesus is the one who fills the deepest need and hole in our hearts. Everyone. 100%. I mean, I mean, someone said long ago, it's debated who it was. It was Pascal or Augustine. Nobody quite has been able to trace it that, we are created with a God-shaped hole. Yeah. And only he can fill that. Yeah. And and that there's, there's it's pr- that's a profound insight that yeah. we're we're created to need God. We are needy. Yeah. But no one else can fill that but yeah. Jesus. And in a divorce or a broken, shattered relationship of of a serious nature even because there may be some here that weren't actually married and had such a yeah. still had a serious breakup and it's it's just as devastating. That that lays open our vulnerability because in many cases we believed God was meeting our need mm-hmm. in that relationship. It was God doing it. Yeah. but And then when that's gone, boom, we're, we see that emptiness again. But he's the only one that can refill he's it. He's the only one. If we go into a relationship. That's a really good point. We go into the relationship with that need laid bare and still the vacuum. Yeah. Then we'll come into the relationship to receive something, not to give. Right. And it's doomed at that point. It's yeah. doomed. Yeah. If we come in need actually needing versus being able to deposit. Right. So that's really a, a check. I mean, it's yeah. it's so it sounds much easier than it actually is to dis- discern. But if you need it, then that's a signal that maybe there's more work to still yeah. be done. If you want it, wanting is Wanting Wonderful. is different, yeah. But if, if you could take yes or no and still be able to sleep at night, mm-hmm. then it's probably a sign that you can probably start pursuing that want yeah. and see what God would want for see, you. See, what it would, see where it will go. Yeah, I, I, 
I really came to the to the point with the Lord probably in in well, I don't know exactly when it was. It was a while ago, but but in in just having a conversation with God like Lord, if you if you stripped away everything from me, like I don't think God takes things away. I don't think he does that. He did, he's not he's not cruel. He doesn't play with our hearts. But if God called me to even get, you know, to give up this ministry, I would be okay. If the Lord called me to be single for the rest of my life, to take a vow of celibacy, to choose that, I would be okay. And I don't think that that's where he's going to go, but but coming to that conclusion of, mm. wow. Yeah, see, that's I can, really it, isn't I it? Can, yeah. I could be there. I could, yep. I could choose that too and be really great and fine because... Yep. Because God's faithful and he's going to bless me either way. He's going to bless, he's going to bless whatever, whatever I do. I fully believe that because my heart is oriented towards him because I'm not doing it out of a selfish desire, but just in, just to honor him and to glorify him. Yep. So and I think good. that that's really the, that's really where, what it needs to come down to is go to the Lord, yeah. ask him. <laughs> he's a yep. God and he's willing to talk to us. He will. He's a real person. And the people around us who also listen to him will help us to yes. see that. Like, like we, we, we can we can process this question mm-hmm. with the people we trust. If you have a counselor, process this question. If you've got, yep. you know, you're in a small group or if Talk this to is them about it, yep. ask them to pray. Yep. Yeah. Now, I want to broach the other side of the question, which Kay. is when we're ready, but don't step back in. Because I I have observed this in our culture, mm-hmm. particularly with men, and um, that we're in a we're in a Fear. yeah yeah and there's and this is we could go on for a whole session on this maybe we should sometime I don't okay. know how you know but you know we don't have good rites of passage in our culture anymore and and that mm-hmm. is particularly difficult for men in in most cultures of the world you know the Jewish culture at age thirteen there's the bar mitzvah and at yeah. the bar mitzvah he's a little boy one moment and he's a young man the next with all the responsibilities for that. And with that responsibility comes the community's, um, the community's accountability that you will now make a commitment to the community. You'll make a commitment at some point in your life to a woman and you will raise a family and that will bless God. That's a moment of responsibility. It is. It's a moment of saying, okay, now I'm a man now. Yeah. We don't have, we have this, this this slow evolving point at which boys are supposed to become men, and we have no point where that is in our culture. Hmm. And, and you got men sometimes in their thirties that are yeah. functioning fully as mature men in some areas of their life, and they're acting like seventeen-year-olds in other areas of their yeah. life. And it, and I'm not that's not I'm not casting blame. Our cultural value system has really screwed that up. Hmm, interesting. And so you, th- you think developmentally for men in s- specifically, they need some sort of like definitive. Yeah, yeah. Biologically, of... without biologically without that, men will men will drift, <laughs> and and um and dodge responsibility. Huh. Frankly, and wow. and so the church community yeah. band of brothers together, yeah. for instance can be the accountability structure frankly i think that young men need to grow up 
preach. <laughs> and, 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 and I've dated some of them. <laughs> and um, and and actually, I mean, really, seriously, some very, very good and responsible young men in some areas of their lives. It's like they're they've they've they're really ma- mature, but they got these 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 little you know these little dinosaur arms. Right. Like yeah. they're 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 bulky and big, but little itty bitty arms or something. Yeah, they're not. The they're point is, they're not, not fully developed. They're not, they're not rounded in their development. Commitment and covenant is a big part of what rounds out the maturity of a young man. So you're saying that there's men, and I'm sure women too. It has creeped are, over into into women in our culture too. That yeah. that are maybe post divorce, and they are ready. In every, you know, in every like understandable term, they are ready, but they are, they are afraid of commitment. They're afraid of, they're not. They've actually gone back to their, you know, I've talked about going back to their twenties in that sense. And I mean, some of them might even be in their twenties, but the point is they've gone back to their pre commitment stage in their twenties and they're actually living almost in a post adolescent phase in that area. And the point is, I think the people in, in, in their hmm. lives can encourage them. You know what? You're ready for this. Yeah. And again, it's not scolding and I'm not scolding young men in saying this, that there can be an abridgment or a, um, um, a dwarfing of hmm. maturity that God actually wants to bring in their lives by saying, I need to move on. And this is, again, it's, probably a sign of some things even needing to be reclaimed they yeah. now need to go okay i'm i'm going to make that decision yeah because because otherwise they're going to have other areas develop in their life and they're going to find themselves still back in like hmm. like they're 21 and that's going to be yeah. very frustrating to them it's it's like spiritually stunted it's emotionally it stunted is. it is it's relationally so stunted. so so thus the I mean the, the the big point if i had a group of young men in the room it would be it would be Part of being a man is commitment. It's covenant. It's uh, it's laying your life down, and um, yeah, and so it, um, not for the guy, not for guys out there who aren't ready, but many of them have already worked through a great deal and then are just hesitant to commit. Yeah. So that that's commitment the other side. Is scary. Commitment is scary, and and we need to do the work to get ready after we have done yeah. the work to get ready. We need to take the next step and do it. And do it. And just and move on, and move on with it. the move on with life because there's in essence there's a different set of projects that are waiting. Yeah. Whatever age yeah. you are right now, after those those decisions in your 20s are resolved, you move into another stage of right. life development. And right. if you if you've been thrust back, if you were you know, you were up in your 40s or even 50s yeah. and you had divorce happen. It, it's like, it again, it's the back. shoots and ladders back, yeah. but you don't want to stay there. You want to go back to where, right. to the life stage God has for you. <laughs> and for men, the life stage development is dependent upon commitment. Right. If you're called to celibacy, then commit to it. That's good. If Dad, you're not called good. to celibacy, then commit to not being celibate. Yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> Not before no. you get married and like and no, have no. a commitment. <laughs> no, no, that's not what I mean. No, yeah. no, no. I know, I know what you mean. No, no, no. no the, the point is there is, is just stop living a like a double life. Like well, be yeah. be committed or, or an be ambiguous in one, or an ambiguous yes, life. ambiguous. 
Yeah. So it, it's that it's that for men in particular, development is tied up with commitment. And, hmm. and, and for some, after they've been divorced, God's going to yeah. say, you know, I've got another plan for you. Yeah. And praise God, some some guys... Maybe they begin to feel that, and they have yeah, an ambiguity. Yep. It's okay if God calls you to not get married. Yes, that's so fine. But if that desire is still there, then act on it. Yeah. Uh, all within covenant. <laughs> all within covenant, and <laughs> yes, like don't do anything that's unhealthy. Yes. But yeah. pushing ourselves and stretching ourselves yeah. can be really healthy. So it, I've learned in post in post divorce dating, I've learned so much about what I want. Mm-hmm. So much about what I need, mm-hmm. and I have dated the wrong person. That's okay. Of course, it's th- that was novel to me though for mm-hmm. a, for for a little bit. Like, so afraid of dating the wrong person. It's okay to date the wrong person. Just don't marry them. Right. It's okay to be engaged to the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. again, I, I get, like dating is just you're experimenting, and then engagement, you're promising to make a promise, but you haven't made it yet. So we're really sort of talking on talking two sides. Of of, well, we're talking on two sides of this yeah. issue, right? Like, like yeah. how do you know that you're ready? You know that you're ready when you don't need it, and then and you desire it. And then when you know you're ready, and you you don't need it, then then then, uh, then commit one way or the other. Yeah, commit to a, a life of of focus mm-hmm. and and solitude. Yeah, praise God. That's great. Jesus said that. Some people are called to that. Paul said, Paul it was be like, it's a better. Very good thing. <laughs> if you're not, if you're ready, then move along in your development. Yeah. Is the point. And that doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, go hop on all the dating sites and no. try all the things. It could just mean, I'm open to this. That's exactly right. It could just mean. And it doesn't Lord, mean you have to go get in a hurry no. or just like, oh, I'm just going to commit for the sake of commitment. That's nope. reckless. We're not, We're saying, not that. saying that. But we are saying, commit to keep moving yeah and yep. particularly for men development and growth will not happen without commitment hmm. and commit either one way one way or the other or the other but like make a decision sitting on the fence is never yeah you'll you'll end up locked in your being 21 forever and i, I mean i think I've, everyone should really have a mentor but if you're ha- if you know you're a man or a woman and you want to know how to be a man or a woman Go find an older one mm-hmm. and get get a mentor. Yep. Get somebody who can like walk alongside yeah, you. Yeah, we, we actually aren't born with a manual on how to do this. No. <laughs> no, if only we did. I mean, there is the Bible, but yeah, no, that's but, not a but, manual but the on manual how to. Is, yeah. The manual isn't in our DNA. We no. actually have to have somebody teach it to us. Right, right. So go find, go find yep. somebody who can speak into you and say this is what it means to be a woman this is what it means to be a man right yes. now yes and there's people that are willing to do that but wow we we've touched on a lot how do you know you're ready ask the lord and if you feel that you need it you need you need to need him more you need to need god more than anything else it's a good test right there isn't it yeah that's the good test so go open your Bible, kids. Go date Jesus because he's awesome and he loves you a lot and he just wants to spend time with you. All right. That's all. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. 
I hope you guys gathered some helpful information from this episode. Ultimately, there isn't an easy answer to how you know when you're ready, but just sometimes to try. And if you are struggling with this, I really want to encourage you just to ask the Lord. He wants to communicate and he wants to be with you every single step of the way. He promised never to leave us or forsake us, and that is a true promise. If this podcast is resonating with you, would you please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, give it a rating, and uh, leave it a review as well. And share it with a friend because you never know what people are going through. Remember that there is healing, there's redemption in Jesus, and there's always hope. Because remember, hope is my middle name. We'll see you next week.